Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It will now take Haji and Naqib another perilous week to get home. of Indonesia's remote islands, healthcare is home delivered by selfless nurses and volunteers. As a veteran nurse hands over the reins to her daughter, a medical crisis emerges, underlining the pivotal role of these dedicated carers. Ininawa, an island calling, a witness documentary on Al Jazeera. richness of nature need to be harmonized with stable and sustainable growth united with the diversity of cultures that coexist Jakarta Indonesia is ready to host the 2023 Asian Summit together we will prove that Asian matters epicentrum of growth When the news breaks, parts of this community are still underwater when people need to be heard. The deepening political crisis here is only exacerbating social divisions. And the story needs to be told. We were disenfranchised for decades, made stateless for decades. With exclusive interviews and in-depth reports. There's frustration. People say they're in desperate need of change. Al Jazeera has teams on the ground to bring you more award-winning documentaries and live news. I'm Marlene Saeed. This is the News Hour live from Doha. Coming up in the next 60 minutes, at least 600 people have now died. Many more are trapped under the rubble after a powerful earthquake hit central Morocco. It is the country's worst natural disaster in 20 years. The G20 summit gets underway in New Delhi. India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi welcomes the African Union into the bloc. And Greece steps up rescue efforts after severe rainstorms trigger flooding, killing at least 10 people. 
And polls are open for the Maldives presidential election that pits the pro-Indian incumbent leader against a candidate supported by China. Hello, welcome to the program. We begin in Morocco, where it has just gone 8 a.m. local time. The country is now taking stock of the damage after its worst natural disaster in some 20 years. We know at least 632 people have died so far after that earthquake struck the center of the country. The magnitude 6.8 quake hit late on Friday evening when many would have already been in bed. Large numbers of people are believed to be still trapped under the rubble. Many buildings have collapsed, particularly in parts of the old Medina in Marrakesh. Rescue operations are currently underway. Well, the quake's epicenter was high in the Atlas Mountains, roughly 70 kilometers southwest of Marrakesh. The shocks were also felt in the coastal cities of Rabat, Casablanca and Asawira. Moroccans in the capital Marrakesh fled into the streets for safety after the powerful quake struck. Many have been recounting their ordeal. I was visiting people in the same building on the third floor. Suddenly we saw things falling from above, like dishes and other things that were fixed to the wall. We were unable to sit or stand. Then we fled outside the home, the same as all the other people. Really, the earthquake was very strong. We were surprised by an intense vibration. Everything in the house was moving. We didn't know what happened. I was asleep. Once I felt a movement in the bed. I didn't believe it. The second time, I was sure it was an earthquake. It repeated three times. Anyway, thank God. Al Jazeera's Abdel Munim El Amrani has more from Tilwan. A powerful earthquake uh, hit Morocco. Uh, its epicenter is located to the southwest of the city of Marrakesh in a place called Eril, which is located in the high Atlas Mountains. And the, 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 the power, uh, the, it was a powerful one. It was, according to the Moroccan Geological Institute, it's 6.8 on the scale of Richter, and it was uh, deep in the earth uh, about eight kilometers into the uh, deep into the into the earth uh, it was felt uh, through uh, the cities of marrakesh of agadir of Essaouira, up until the city of casablanca and the capital city rabat the damage is uh, mainly in the old town of Marrakesh. This is the historical uh, town of Marrakesh, but also in the old town of Tarudant and Werzazet. The buildings of this old Medinas, as we call them in Arabic, the age is hundreds of years, are not built according to anti-seismic uh, uh, norms or, or, or regulations. Uh, so basically, we have uh, confirmed the reports that the historic wall of the old uh, town of the city of Marrakesh has been damaged in some uh, of its points. There is also the minaret of a mosque called Kharbouch, which is located in Jamalifna, this uh, a landmark uh, a square where tourists flow from all over the world. The, the minaret of it, half of it, came down because of 
of, of this earthquake and uh, also in the towns of Terudant and, uh, and, and Wazazet, as I said, in the old parts of these towns, uh, the old buildings and also in the villages in the, uh, located in these mountains have been, have been damaged. Hashem Halbara is here with us here in the studio in Doha. Hashem, it's just gone 8 a.m. local time in Morocco. People will be able to view for the first time in the cold light of day the extent of the damage. This is an area you are very familiar with. You were actually there just 10 days ago. What are you hearing from people on the ground? Well, unfortunately, as you, as you can see with the new update from the Ministry of Interior, the death toll stands now at 632 because the earthquake took place at 10.50 p.m. And obviously, you really need time to be able to get a sense of the magnitude of the destruction. I would assume that by now, by the daytime, the authorities will be flying helicopters that would somehow survey the entire area, just to give a sense of perspective to our viewers. We're talking about a huge area on the Perch, on the Atlas Mountains, where you have many villages, Iril being the very epicenter of the earthquake, and this is where people fear the death toll is going to be the highest there. But we're talking about many other villages, particularly places like Ijokak, Wirgan, and many other areas which are uh, near the epicenter. I've been talking to people, it's fear, it's anxiety, it's shock, and the, the fear the aftermath, the fear, the aftershocks and the tremors. And this explains why the authorities have been appealing for calm, asking people, warning them that they are likely to expect more tremors in the upcoming days, which comes naturally along when you have a powerful uh, earthquake. It's really very sad in those areas, and I think we'll have to give it some time. I've been to those places. I know those places and those villages, rough terrains. It's not easy to get to those uh, to those villages. Some of them are on top of those mountains. So it will take some time before we can have a complete sense of what exactly happened and the magnitude of the destruction. Uh, it, it was an incredibly powerful earthquake. A third of the country, I believe, was affected by it. People as far away, 500 kilometers away, felt the tremors. So it just gives you a sense of the area that authorities are going to have to cover to get involved in terms of the rescue operation. Are they equipped to deal with it? I have people telling me from cities and towns like Tantan, Gelmim, 550 kilometers south of Marrakech, all the way to Casablanca, Rabat, and Sidi Sliman, north of Marrakech, saying that they felt the tremor. So it gives you a sense of what we are going to have to deal with. Extremely powerful earthquake. And those villages, by the way, mostly built by mud, brick, and stones. And, you know, you would expect that they won't be built according to the seismic codes, which explains that we're likely to see some destruction in those, uh, in those villages. The authorities are saying that they have all it takes to, ha to deal with the situation, that they have already sent their own teams, that they have been uh, counting the dead, rescuing the, the, those trapped under the rubble. But as I said, Malin, you will have, first of all, to gauge a sense of how many villages on the Atlas Mountain. By the way, the highest peak in the Atlas Mountain is Tubkhan, which is about 4,100 meters above sea level. So you will be talking about different ranges, different areas, rough terrain, extremely difficult landscape for the authorities to be able to 
exactly understand the scope and the magnitude of the destruction? At this point, we probably have no idea what has even happened uh, and how the earthquake has affected these areas. Uh, only time will tell. The areas of uh, Morocco people are more internationally familiar with. Marrakesh, of course, a very popular tourist city, uh, a UNESCO heritage site. Do we know much about the damage that's been caused there? The biggest concern is the old town in, in, in terms of the, uh, uh, the structure. People fear that the structures of the old Medina could be severely compromised uh, after this earthquake. Why? Because this is the ancient city built around 1,200 years ago. It is, it, is, it is considered by the UN as a world uh, uh, heritage uh, site. And this is why we saw uh, collapsed buildings and a minaret that, that, that collapsed. It's, it is the, it's, it's the largest tourist attraction in Morocco, the fastest booming tourist city in, in, in all of North Africa. And, uh, and, and people will be really concerned about what happens in the, in the old Medina. And I would assume that in the upcoming days you will see a major survey to try to assess the, 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 the structural damage to the historic walls and buildings in, in downtown. 85% of the people who would come to Marrakech would tell you we love to go to Medina or mountaineering in the, in the, in the surrounding areas. One of them, Iril, Ijukag and Wirgan, which have been massively affected mm. by the earthquake. Hashem, stay with us because we have the chance to speak to Lassen Haddad. He is a senator and a former minister, uh, one of the authorities involved. Uh, he joins us now from Rabat. Many thanks for joining us at this very difficult time. So uh, as we've been discussing with our correspondent, a huge earthquake, uh, very powerful, people feeling the impact uh, about a third of the country. I mean, what can you tell us in terms of the latest... I'm very excited to welcome you to another exciting edition of The Baby Doctor. We received all your feedback from the first episode, and we are grateful that you could make time to join us. Babies bring so much joy to families, and once the news of pregnancy hits, everybody just can't wait to meet that baby full of good health and life. But what we sometimes fail to realize is that there are a lot of activities and decisions we take that affect the well-being of the child the mother is carrying. Today, that will be our focus on the baby doctor.
Thanks for staying on The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Today we are looking at in utero health care, what you need to do for baby once you conceive it. Dr. Paddy Ayate of Elemas Health has graciously agreed to be with us here again, and we are so thankful for his presence here because of all the wonderful nuggets he shared with us in our previous edition. You're welcome, Doc. Thank you it's for having me. It's good to see you once again. Good to see you too. <laughs> all right. Now, why is prenatal care so important? I have, I have met women here in Ghana who say in the past... Our mothers were, you know, given stuff at home. They managed to give birth to us. Mm -hmm. What's all this fuss about going to the hospital every time, going to sit down and have some gel rub on, like all these things? Why is it so important? A mother and her life, and the baby, and the life of the baby are very important. And the objective of prenatal care is to anticipate problems and prevent problems so that she can have a safe delivery. In those days, yes, they, went, they, had, they were pregnant and they had babies, but they also had a lot of problems and people lost their lives. A lot of people lost their lives. In fact, that was part of the reason why delivery was so hazardous that when you have a baby, the old people are so excited that you survived. As they, as they say, Yes, because they know that there's a significant probability that you may lose your child. Now, if it was that normal that people went and had their child babies and came back without events, nobody would be so excited about a successful delivery. With education, with knowledge, with research and understanding, we've come to know that if we see protein in your urine, it means that you are at risk of having a convulsion. And that conversion can result in the death of you or your baby. We've noticed that if we see sugar in your urine, we may, your baby can become oversized and make it impossible for you to deliver vaginally. And that baby may die unexpectedly in your womb. Those things, come up, those things are what make it possible or necessary for us to do antenatal care because then we are looking for the things that will give you problems tomorrow. We've noticed that if the baby is born, and grandmother uses some herbs to treat the cord, and there's something inside, what will be the result? You may have um, tetanus. So for that reason, we don't want to do that either. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that we need to address and try and, and ensure that too. how can we anticipate these problems? How can we manage them when you do a care so that at the earlier stages of the disease, we don't allow it to progress into more advanced stages of the disease to result in a successful uh, pregnancy. Mm. So essentially that's what it's about. Anticipate problems, look for problems, stop problems pretty early, prevent them from advancing and ensure that we get a good, a good, a good outcome at the end. Mm. And Doc, once we've <coughs> established the importance of pre or in utero um, health care for the child and the mother, in this country, depending on where you are, there are certain medical services that you may receive or not. Mm -hmm. um, what are the basic things that every mother should look out for when they go for a prenatal care session, i.e., um, wherever you live in Ghana, whatever amenities are available, what is the basic that you should, the non-negotiable? So like at each visit? Yes. At each visit. We would expect that they would check what, what, are, what we would call your vitals. In other words, they check your blood pressure to see whether it is okay or it is getting, it's getting worse. They'll check your urine. 
to see if you have protein or glucose inside your urine. They would examine you, the mother, and ask certain questions to look for certain problems that may occur with you. And in anticipation of the fact that if you find those problems, then we can try and do some particular intervention uh, about it. They would examine you, the mother, and looking for certain signs to, 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 to make sure that you are doing well. They examine the baby. They will listen to the baby's heartbeat. They will assess the growth of the baby to see how much or how well the baby is growing. And then afterwards, they will give you treatment for any of these problems that's okay. Then they will give you treatment in anticipation of certain problems, like treatments against tetanus, mm. against malaria, against low HB, you understand, and, and, and then strong bones, things of that sort. They will give you the appropriate treatment um, for those. Things. So those are the standard things that would occur at generally every antenatal uh, antenatal visit. Uh, of course, they'll check your blood level either by a blood sample or by examining you to see how to do it. An ultrasound is not required for every visit. But some people tend to like, as they say, I want to see to my the baby. baby. <laughs> and then I want to hear the heartbeat. Heartbeat, yeah. You put on the doctor, they're like, to put, to put, to happy. Fulfill that, oh, baby is doing well. But um, it is nice. I mean, it's, it's not a bit unbelievable. It's something that as a man I've never experienced. The fact that something living is inside you and it's growing mm-hmm. and it's breathing and it's fully dependent on you. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. Doc, I will, we'll go into the more advanced treatments um, that some people may access in different facilities across mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but mother and father coming together to make baby. Mm-hmm. Now baby has been made. Mm-hmm. But are there certain conditions that a father or a mother may have which will affect the growth of the baby, the normal formation of limbs and, and all that? So there are genetic conditions that if the father has, he may transfer to the baby. Or if the mother has, he may transfer to the baby. Now, the problems with most of these conditions are that there are some conditions that if one parent has, the baby may have. And there are some conditions that if one parent has, the baby will not have it unless the other parent also has the same, con- same condition. So um, I'll use sickle cell as an example. And that's because it's, it's pretty common. Um, if the father is AS and the mother is AS, the father can produce a sperm which is carrying the S gene. If that meets an egg that is carrying the S gene, you would result in an SS child. Now, that would have a problem in utero most of the time, but after you deliver, that is when the challenges uh, uh, um, do okay. But sometimes the father has a condition and the mother's genes doesn't have the gene that counteracts that condition. And the end result is that the child then has um, some of these uh, uh, abnormalities. The issue we have to deal with sometimes is uh, what do you do when these things uh, mm. um, happen? Because they are, they are pretty challenging. Um, sometimes you can fix them after the baby is born. Uh, other times the couple have to decide as to whether they really, it's something they wish to, wish to continue the pregnancy or, or not. There have been people that have been born that they themselves are carrying a particular gene defect, okay. and when they get pregnant, the child automatically carries that, that, that gene defect. And there have been, been cases like that, that the child who had a, a problem that the father had or that the, the, mm. the, the, the mother had. Those ones, they are genetics. You really can't do you know, very much uh, about it. All you can do is to plan for how you manage the child after the, the, the child is born. But 
it's life. What about chronic diseases? Um, say, mom is hypertensive, or even dad, or diabetic, or has any for, other condition? For a lot of these conditions, yes. If you're, is the that's what they call it. When, when you go to the hospital, they ask you, does anybody in your family have the following condition? Then they ask you a long list because they are inherited. So, if your father is diabetic, it's entirely possible that you will inherit the defects that made your father diabetic. With diabetes, thank God, we can actually pick it before it becomes diabetic. Because there's a process that occurs. And a certain test that we can run, that will tell us that you will be diabetic in 10 years or in 20 years. And the interventions we can put in place today, available today, that we, we I mean, I do it on a regular basis, that we can actually try and prevent you from becoming diabetic because we can correct the, the defect that is occurring in your body now that will ensure that you're not diabetic. So if you are diabetic, if your father is diabetic or that your mother is diabetic and you are not one of those um, people who became diabetic young, you really shouldn't be diabetic in your later years mm -hmm. because there are things you can do today to ensure that you don't become diabetic. Okay. And action should be taken. However, these are things that we transmit to, 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 our, to, 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 to our babies. Does and it affect, so, the, sorry to interject, but does it, does it affect the survival rate of a child? Um, okay, in some conditions, yes. So there was this lady who was trying to get pregnant, but every time she got pregnant, the baby would die with four, three months. And we couldn't understand why. So we sent her for genetic studies. And they took her blood, they took her husband's blood, they studied the blood, and discovered that one of her genes was faulty. She had a mutation in one of her genes, and the result was this is what was happening. Subsequently, she saw a, a, a doctor, an IVF was done for her, and they took all the embryos abroad. And they came back with a report that all the embryos had a defect. And so none of them were going to survive. Now, the miracle about that lady is that she got pregnant by herself one day, and that one stayed. Interesting. And she's had that child. Wow. We haven't done genetic studies of that child yet. I guess we should to see whether it still has that defect. Or she had an isolated mutation that negated that. You understand? Negative, negative became a positive. And then that is why that baby survived. But it was, it was a great miracle that she had that baby because after all the things she had been through, we knew that there was a problem that was going to be very difficult to, mm. to surmount. Mm. Doc, are there certain categories of women with certain conditions that you would recommend treatment for before they attempt getting pregnant? Because, you know, sometimes you meet people who are very strong-willed and they say that, oh, it's okay, I can still have my child. But are there certain conditions that you would advise get treatment first or... You know, no, the, before are, you get pregnant, there are quite a number of them. I have a patient right now that has a, a heart defect, and they say one of her valves is not working properly, and she wants to get pregnant. And she's come to see me that, hey, doctor, I want to get pregnant, and I said, I need permission from your cardiac doctor first. Until he says that you are good to go, I'm not going to try, um, because pregnancy comes with a certain amount of load and stress. If that woman has that stress on her heart and her heart can't cope, she will die. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. She, I, I and her husband, we agree that we'd rather have her alive. So the focus is how can we get the heart condition fixed? They plan to do cardiac surgery for her. The hope is that once that surgery is done and her heart capacity improves,
we can actually consider having um, 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 a pregnancy. If you, are, if you have uncontrolled hypertension, pregnancy puts hypertensive stress. It's even going to get worse. You may end up with a stroke or something even where say you may die. There's really no point. If you've got uncontrolled diabetes, another problem. Even getting pregnant is going to be difficult. And if mm. you manage to succeed in getting pregnant, the risks of damage are so high and so extensive. Your diabetes might so likely going to get worse, 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 and eventually you may even lose the baby. We would want you to control your, your diabetes first. If you've had a kidney transplant, we have a serious conversation to have. Because the stress of pregnancy, once again, on the transplanted kidney, you would need a certain level of care. That if, it's, if you are not in good health before you start, or if that level of care is not available for you, we will tell you don't try. Because we recognize the fact that anything that we think may put your life at risk, it's something that we would want to have controlled, to be in good control before you have it. If you've got excessive hypertension, you can lose the pregnancy. Six, seven months, baby will just die in the uterus. Diabetes too, the same thing. Even thyroid uh, problems. Well, th- thyroid problems can cause high BPs. The high BPs can cause the baby to die. So even the conditions that we see on a normal day-to-day basis that people have and are working about with, if yours is not under good control, it's not advisable um, um, to get pregnant. And that's part of the reason why we want you to be, even nutritionally, to be in, in good health. Because, for example... Um, we give you folic acid. Right. The reason why we give you folic acid is because there's a condition called a neural tube defect where the spine of the baby has gaps inside. And that gap sometimes causes the, spine to, the, 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 the membrane around the spine to bulge out and things of that sort. That problem is prevented by having adequate amounts of folic acid in your system. And that is why we tell women, before you want to get pregnant, take folic acid. Okay. And even if you are not planning to get pregnant, you just be taking the folic acid because after all, Half of our pregnancies are not planned anyway. It's normal. You're right. Yes. <laughs> we are guilty. Don't worry. <laughs> so those are things that we can... So we want you to be... Before you get pregnant, your sugar should be under control. Your blood pressure should be under control. You should ensure that you're taking necessary vitamins, that your diet should be good. You should be taking necessary vitamins to ensure that you are, in, you are in, in good balance. When you get pregnant, your baby has got the stores in the bank to draw from when it is in its growing process. Mm. What do you mean exactly when you say your diet should be good? Okay. So, proteins, carbs, vegetables, fruits, we, we have, we've all been told about a balanced diet. The unique part that we have to take note of, because in school they tell you, oh, you need to eat some of this and some of that and some of that, and don't eat, you know, not, don't skip out your fruits and vegetables. And there's one thing about the Ghanaian diet. We don't really eat that many vegetables. I mean, kontombre, okra stew, maybe tozafi, then garden egg stew. Then after that, it kind of falls away. You don't have that many, that much variety. Unlike, say, like Nigerians and the wide varieties they have in their vegetables. And a lot of people, I got a patient today. Her husband said, I make salad for her. She doesn't eat. <laughs> in my head, I was saying, hey, you are lucky your husband is making salad for her. <laughs> You, you, you wouldn't eat. Because she, doesn't like, she, she doesn't like salads, but she also doesn't recognize the importance of those kinds of things. But one of the biggest challenges we have in our diet, and this is a pet peeve of mine, is that we eat like farmers who are going to weed. Carbohydrate-dense meals, which provide us a lot of energy, intended for weeding, digging, 
you know, pulling fishing nets and things of that sort. And all we pull is a pen and a paper. So we are eating the food that a farmer should eat, and we are doing the work of an office worker. Mm. So we are eating, in essentially, we are eating carbohydrate-dense meals. The problem with carbohydrate-dense meals is that you have excess carbohydrates, and that means you have excess sugar. And the excess sugar is what is converted into fat, cholesterol, blah, 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 and all the problems that we have. If we have less carbohydrate-dense meals, or we reduce the amount of carbs we take, and increase the amount of vegetables and fruits that we consume, we would be in more, a better balance than we were, you know, before. Mm. We are all guilty. Don't worry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, white bread and soda mm. yeah. is mm. something that we all like, mm. but something Dark. that we all have to be a bit more careful about right. in our consumptions. Right. But if you adjust our diets a little bit and eat healthier, wider variety of vegetables, a wider variety of fruits, fruits are better consumed whole than juiced. Because whole includes fiber, and that slows, slows the, fuel, um, the glucose absorption, prevents glucose spikes. And it's a whole discussion we can have about glucose spikes and the effects that it has. But excessive glucose in our blood, obesity, um, diabetes, they've actually found links with hypertension and links with several other disease conditions, just be- even cancer, mm. just because we have high levels of sugar, glucose in our, in, in our blood. Mm. So those adjustments in our diets would ensure that we are healthier. And we can also give us healthier babies. Mm. Once we brought up the issue of diets, there's a, a common thing that most pregnant women deal with, cravings. Mm-hmm. Cravings. I mean, you hear some of the things women crave when they are pregnant, and you wonder what is happening. Why exactly are your taste buds working in such abnormal ways? <laughs> Someone says, for example, I, I feel like eating ice cream and something spicy. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, but how can you feel like eating ice cream and something spicy? It, it just doesn't really make sense. But that's what her body is telling her. So you sprinkle pepper on the ice cream. <laughs> to it give. Kill you. Yes, but dog, the things we crave, let's take what we locally call shire, right? Calabash yeah, chok. Ayelo. Ayelo. <laughs> if, if you're in Accra, that's how it's called. And the impact of these things on the baby. Now, the focus is on what mom is taking and how it affects baby. I, I, a lady told me, and she confessed to me, she said, look, I felt like taking beer. So I just put it in my mouth and I rinsed it and I spat it out. <laughs> All these things, how do they affect the child? It depends on, you see, the craving is there. The craving doesn't affect the child. Indulging in the craving affects the child. So it's normal to have those cravings. And the best way to manage it is to find alternatives that will take, take you know, your, 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 your mind off the thing that you are craving to eat. Mm. Um, one of the things that works, for example, especially in the first three months when your mouth is funny and you want something to put inside, is just ginger. So ginger has been found to reduce nausea almost as much as the medicines we give you. Okay. I mean, we give you medication and we give you ginger, uh, the result is almost the same. So what can you do? You can take ginger, peel it nicely, cube it, Put it in the fridge. Have a small bowl of sugar if you want. Dip the ginger in sugar. Chew it. If you keep that in your mouth, less saliva. Your mouth tastes a, a little bit better. And spitting is less. And you would feel, you know, you're a, a little bit, uh, you know, not as bad as you used to feel. So chew. ginger helps with some people. The problem with aloe and that kind of stuff, it's, it's essentially death. 
is dirt. Something from the ground that has been molded, and then we end up eating dirt because we want to have a, it gives a particular kind of sensation in your mouth that you, 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 it makes you feel a little bit better. The challenge is that all the worms, worm seeds, you know, uh, a few days ago I discovered some, Atom Fantikin came in my house that had grown a bit moldy on the outside. So I decided to peel it off. And I discovered that when I peeled it off, there were worms inside. And I was wondering, how did the worm get there? And it's fancy kinky. So maybe the worms were on the leaves, or the eggs of the worms were on the leaves, and they've multiplied and things. But I was really wondering how the worm got inside there. So this is a leaf that was cleaned before they wrapped the thing in. Can you imagine if you're actually having the dirt itself in your, in your mouth? It's, 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 it's not cool. Um, the objective is avoid such cravings. So let's find other things that we can, we can eat. If your craving is to drink beer, uh, there's no alcoholic beer. You can find non alcoholic beer, you drink it. Apart from the calorie count, it will not cause you to have um, the alcohol problems that we are worried about. That's why we, are, we avoid it. Uh, I would not recommend that you go and smoke if you have a craving for, for, for Tobacco, nicotine. Tobacco, yeah. We would rather you, you, you avoid that you know, totally at all. But experiment among healthy alternatives, and you may find something that works for you. So a man says you choose ice. I say chew your ice. It's not going to worry your baby. It's not going to worry you, apart from the coldness. If it works for you, please go ahead. I'd rather you chew the ice than have a yellow. Right. So you find an alternative that works for you. If you can chew the ginger all day long and it makes you feel okay, I'd rather you did that. Then you did, you know, some other thing that is less harmful. Um, or, like, some cravings are not bad. What if I crave a lot of sugary stuff? Uh, we have to find ways to... So, okay, so there are sweet things, which are not necessarily... Okay, they taste sweet, but they're not necessarily as sugary. So two things. I'll give you an example. There's a fruit called monk fruit. You can find the monk fruit sugar, which is not as bad as it's fruit sugar, but it's not as bad as the processed sugar that we have from sugar cane. But then in this small red fruit, I don't know what the name is. The one that makes everything sweet. Everything is sweet. <laughs> There's some in my fridge. I took it. My father had a tree in his house. Okay. So we them, actually we scattered the tree that day. We took all of it. And then he had some lemon tree as well. So we did the experiment and ate it, had the lemon, and the lemon tasted sweet. If you create sugary things, hey, go, go and get that fruit and put it in your mouth. When you finish, eat any sensible food. Eat it takes sweets. And to satisfy that crave. The objective is to find alternatives which are healthy. Mm. But only you can figure out which one works for you. But how does it affect the baby when a mother is, you know, taking or ingesting so F much? First of all, if you have, for example, excess, uh, excess sugary things, sugar level goes up, insulin level goes up, insulin affects your entire metabolism, progesterone level goes down, baby's ability to survive, especially in the first three months, becomes a problem. If it's in the first three months, you may lose your pregnancy from excessive high insulin levels, both of its effects on, on, on progesterone. If it continues later on, baby gains excessive weight. Unexpected fetal death is a risk. Um, um, hypertension of the mother itself as a result of the excessive sugar comes. Diabetes itself is a risk. All those things are risks, especially even... Because all these medical problems of the mother puts the baby at risk. At risk. If a mother has hypertension in pregnancy, what we call uh, uh, preeclampsia, the solution is delivery. If the preeclampsia is at five months, that baby will not survive delivery. If the preeclampsia is at eight and a half months, most likely the baby will survive. We are almost certain the baby will survive. But the solution is the same. It's delivery. Mm. 
And here the mother is the priority. And the mother is the priority. So if you have to deliver the baby, the, the, if the mother has to be delivered of the baby at 20 weeks, the baby will not survive because it's too young. The, the, the treatment is the same. A young baby, young pregnancy, old pregnancy. The question is, how will the baby survive? So the objective is, how can we get you as far as possible? And so how can we avoid the things that will put the baby at risk? We say don't drink alcohol. Because you drink alcohol, you can give birth to a baby that is alcohol dependent. Mm -hmm. As a baby. So the person rinsing their mouth, I mean, they're only rinsing their mouth. Yeah. They're not ingesting the um, alcohol. You know how you put methylated spirits on your skin? You know it starts feeling, you know it starts, it starts feeling cold. Right. Because it's, the fluid is uh, evaporating. But your skin is absorbing. Okay. We use alcohol as a vehicle to give you medicine. Why? Because you absorb it's right. It, it's it, it, it allows you to absorb things better. Mm. Now, alcohol, the ego is inside. I'm asking this question for someone who's trying to make up excuses and say, Oh, dog, but I didn't drink the alcohol. I just, you know, and sometimes you get you, the non alcoholic. Th there's it's this available. interesting thing I heard when a lady said, Oh, just a shot of whiskey on the child's head, you know, it will kill the worms. And worms. you know, yeah, all these myths. But she has around, got worms in her uterus. I, I, I don't even in know her when, uterus, when they hear all these things. Hey. From. And then she's very ill. She needs surgery <laughs> to take out the worms. Just a shot of whiskey. No, no, no. They no, say no. it won't harm the child. No, no please, we don't want. Mm. And the problems with these things, drugs, alcohol, you don't know the amount that you take that would cause a lifelong problem for you with that child. You just abstain. Mm. I have a patient, a man. I said, oh, your wife, her system looks good now. I want to give her medication. Let's try for pregnancy this month. He said, no. Why? I've been smoking and drinking. I want three months clear from now. I will not smoke. I will not drink so that all the, those chemicals will leave my system so that the sperm will not have any of those before he makes his wife pregnant. Doc, I'm happy you brought in the male perspective mm -hmm. as well because all this while we've been talking about what a woman may be doing because she's the one incubating, she's the one carrying, and so the burden is on her. But I'm, I'm, I'm just surprised to know that it's as important for, for the man yes. as well to avoid some of these things, especially if he's trying, in to, the, in, if he's in trying the to make her pregnant. Yes. yes. Right. Yes, it is better if he abstains from... Um, there are different things have different effects. Alcohol, weed, those who smoke weed, it has effects on the sperm. Um, um, cigarette smoking generally affects cilia and motility all over, the, all over the body. So it doesn't mean that you cannot make a woman pregnant if you smoke. Mm. It just means that you are reducing your chances. And if she's having difficulty in getting pregnant, it is better if you don't, you don't, you don't do those things. The woman's apart from producing the gene, has to carry the baby for nine months. So during the period that she's carrying the baby for nine months, all the things she indulges in also affects the, the baby. Mm -hmm. You know, they, are, they always give you restrictions about drugs when you're pregnant yeah. because you take the drug, it enters your bloodstream, it fil some is filtered to the baby. Mm -hmm. So the drug you take is filtered to the baby. It has been found in the baby's blood afterwards. And therefore, and it may impact the baby. So we say, oh, don't take this medication at this time because it can affect your baby. So the things you do can actually affect your baby. So, Doc, let me take you back to the question about women with chronic diseases because then there are some of them who are constantly on medication, mm -hmm. managing their symptoms yes. and all that. How do they go about it if they, 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 they want to get pregnant or even in the process of pregnancy? So if you have a chronic disease and you intend to get pregnant, you should have a discussion with your chronic disease doctor. 
that, hey, I'm going to be trying to get pregnant over the next few months. Will any of my medications impact my baby? The doctor will then look at your medications, and if there are any of them that will impact your baby, he will give you an alternative. Now, the objective of the alternative is that this is milder, and your baby can cope with that a whole lot better. Compared to the other one where he was giving you before, that if he gave it to you, may indeed affect the way your baby, your baby um, 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 functions, or the baby grows. So he can do that. Then if you do get pregnant, you inform your obstetrician that these are the medications my doctor has put me on for okay. my chronic condition. Right. Then he also starts from his end. If there's any medication he doesn't like, then he has, either he has a discussion directly to your doctor or tells your doctor, hey, can you change this to this other one because this other one doesn't cross the placenta. The objective is I wouldn't want to be changing what your other doctor is giving you, but we need to collaborate and agree as to what is best for for our clients. And that is what the thing is. You get the right kind of medication that will manage your chronic condition, but will not adversely affect your, your, your baby. And we did that for thyroid disease, we did that for diabetes, all different conditions. Okay, they all have medications that we mm. can give. Doc, since, I mean, a lot of women, women don't plan pregnancies, even for people who are married and are hoping to build families, sometimes they tell you, I wasn't expecting it. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just put these women on these medications that you've suggested? Why do we need to wait? Because some people may catch it late, and who knows, it may affect the child and all True. that. Now, what, what are... The doctor seeing a patient who is non-pregnant is looking for the best treatment. And of all the options, may choose what is best for you at that time. It may achieve good results. And everybody's happy about it. The challenge comes with when she says she wants to get pregnant. Then we have to change the medication to another one, which may not give us as excellent results as the first one did. But we are being considered for the pregnancy which is coming. You must also remember that the pregnancy itself changes your body. So the way your body even responds to the first drug might not be the same as the way it used to respond when you're non-pregnant. All the drugs that we have were tested on non-pregnant people because you can't test drugs on pregnant people. Okay. So the treatment, the calculations, everything, there's one particular drug that we give for hypertension. And my argument is that it's supposed to last for this number of hours, and I say it lasts for a shorter number of hours because in pregnant women, they metabolize it faster. So if you change the way you give it, instead of the standard way, you get a better cover compared to if you did it the way they say you should do it. And these are differences that occur just because the woman, the woman uh, um, is pregnant. So if she's not pregnant, you want to give her what you think is best for her. The moment she says she intends to get pregnant or she wants to get pregnant, we will have to change it to some other, to some other drug. Mm. So that is why the moment you get pregnant, please inform your doctor that I've missed my period. Mm. There's a lot to explore. Uh, we'll be talking about environmental factors and how they affect the child's emotional development. We'll also be talking about medical interventions that help you cater for your children in the womb just in case uh, the doctors detect an anomaly. Do stay with us. We'll be right back.
Thank you so much for staying on The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abu Beidulansa. Here we are all about making children happier and healthier because guess what? A happy child makes a happy home. Today we've been talking about caring for your child once they are in the womb and Dr. Paddy Ayete of uh, Elemas Health has been helping us with all the information we need so far on all the topics that we've touched on. It's now time to talk about the environment that a child is growing in, even though they are in the mother's womb, so i.e. the mother's environment. We've already established the importance of what a mother eats, medications and all that because of the impact they may have on baby. But what about the environment a woman finds herself in? Does her mood affect the child and the child's emotional development, whether she's happy, whether she's sad, whether she's been abused, etc.? The mother's environment affects the way she feels. And the way she feels affects the way the child feels. So if the mother is stressed, stress hormones are going to go up. Those stress hormones will go into the baby, and the baby's stress levels too are going to go up. If a mother's, it's always interesting to see, sometimes you listen to the baby's heartbeat, and it's very fast, then you check the mother's heartbeat, and hers too is fast. Then you understand, ah, the baby's heartbeat is fast because the mother's heartbeat is fast. And that's, Heartbeats. I mean, your heart and your heart. But look at the 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 the, the way it is. Um, there, if I'm, we would prefer that our pregnant mothers are in the least stressful environment, you know, as possible. And we encourage spouses to be as supportive as possible. There's a a story I tell my my my, my clients, which is um, the woman who is pregnant is not your wife. She has been possessed by an alien, <laughs> and that alien determines all the things that she does, and everything that she does to you, she doesn't remember. Everything you do to her, she will go and tell your wife when your wife comes back that this is what you did, and your wife will hold it against you for the rest of your life. So just cope. Right. Do your best for the, you know, crazy requests that may come. And this too shall pass. Thankfully, it's a self-limited sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> and the, the husbands that are able to make that adjustment yeah. to know that, you know something, you know, this is just for a season. It's not her fault. It's the baby that, has, that is making things like that. And I've become tolerant and understanding. are able to cope better. But it allows them to create an environment that allows the pregnant woman to, to, to thrive and not to be as stressed. Stress, once she gets stressed, other things go wrong. And those other things that go wrong can eventually result in an adverse outcome. The baby feels the stress. The pregnancy itself may not be able to continue because as a result of the stress that is uh, this. And, there are several, it, we, we, and that is only one part of it. Mm. We don't want the pregnant woman to be in a, a room where people are smoking. Because she will inhale the nicotine and she will inhale the cancer-causing chemicals in cigarettes. It will affect her. Therefore, it will affect the baby. We don't want her to be in an environment where there are high um, chemicals that you can absorb either onto her skin or inhale or get inside her. All those things are from the environment. So environmental toxins are a problem. Environmental um, um, situations that are around her, such as in stressful situations, emotional situations, can also 
give her challenges, and those challenges transmit to, to, to the baby. And babies, even though they are in utero, are pretty perceptive of the environment that is around them. It has been found that when a husband comes home, the baby is aware. The baby in the tummy is aware. And the husband can come home and speak to that baby, and the baby would respond by action. No, the baby wouldn't say, hello, daddy. But he respond <laughs> yeah, sure. by action. And you know that, hey, he is responding to your voice. It's been said that if you want your child to become a, a very good mathematician, play Mozart to that child. Mm-hmm. Um, that means this, guy, this country, I don't know how many mathematicians will produce, because how many of us are playing Mozart to our children? But there are things that... Mm-hmm. Music that is outside the, the, the womb, basically outside the mother's body, the baby inside the womb, and think about it, skin, subcutaneous tissue, muscle, um, sheath, peritoneum, uterine wall, uterine muscle, endometrium, into the sac, inside a bag of water, and the baby can still hear that sound or perceive that sound. It shows how aware the baby is of the external environment inside the mother, external to the baby, so therefore inside the mother, mm-hmm. and even the environment the mother is in as mm-hmm. well. And if you want to have good outcomes, try and create a good environment you know, all around. Mm-hmm. And, and talking about um, the child responding, responding to the father's voice or knowing the father's voice it reminds me of my own experience. There was a, a certain program I was watching so much, and you won't believe it, I was shocked. When I had my first son, the program was on, and he quickly turned <laughs> and was looking at the TV. And I said, "You remember? Like, like it's, does it ring a bell?" And then I started reading and researching more about these things and the importance of of the environment and how even the child develops intellectually. Mm-hmm. And the, the Mozart thing you've yeah. mentioned. I mean, there are some who dispute that, but generally, it is established that it is important. But topical creams. Mm-hmm. Quite recently, I saw um, a research paper on that, on especially bleaching creams used by pregnant women. Do you just want to touch briefly on that? Why should a pregnant woman bleach? No, they do. Why? What's the objective? Because it's something they've started, and so they need to continue uh, the to process. Maintain. Maintenance. Uh, hey, okay, sorry. Well, the skin is the largest surface that we have to absorb things. Well, the intestine too is there. So, if we... Anything you put on the skin can be absorbed. And it's absorbed into the bloodstream. Into the bloodstream all over the body, including into your baby. So whatever they... And take note, a baby is growing. Its organs are being formed. The formation of these organs can be interrupted by chemicals. So the baby is forming nicely. The leg is forming nicely. Then you, take, you apply something on your body that contains a chemical that gives short legs then the leg is no longer formed properly, and your baby has an abnormality of the leg, and the leg is short. Then the baby is born, then you get up and say, eh, this has never happened in your family, and you are from a royal home, and you can't take this baby home. But it's not your genetics. It's the things you put on your skin. It's the things you put in your body. That has resulted in a baby being like that. So, essentially, when you are pregnant, you want to ensure that your body is as holy as possible. Don't put anything on your body that you are not sure is safe for your baby. It's a, short, it's a sacrifice for a short period. Nine months of sacrifice and 70 years of enjoyment. Or refuse to make that nine months of sacrifice 
and you may end up having 70 years of misery looking after a problem that you caused by your action only because you couldn't just manage that you manage the coca-cola legs and fanta face for a few months you'll be fine <laughs> you know so a lot of women get the the pigmentation problem especially on their faces when they begin to look dark and some women just don't like the, the, the look of away. that so they cut off their fat nose too <laughs> the nose is fat what are they doing about it? they'll cut it off they'll trim the nose it will go away interesting dog um there are many myths surrounding pregnancies and what women must do what they must avoid you know the locally made stuff that sometimes women are given traditionally you're told that oh in this one it will strengthen the child or it will purify the blood or you know many of these stories that we hear what general advice would you give um in, in terms of locally manufactured things and and sometimes you know they're given to you by mothers grandmothers in-laws it can be quite difficult yes so we have a concern about the herbal products let's just put it that way and the concern is not the efficacy even though some of them have not proven efficacy but because of the fact that they are not purified and refined in that mixture of herbs are things that may actually cause you to have kidney failure or put your baby's life at risk. And our concern, therefore, is that if it is not something that we have known, we know is proven to be safe in pregnancy, we do not recommend that you take it mm. because the risk is too high. If anything goes wrong, it's 100% to you. All that 1 in 10, 1 in 20, it is 100% to you. And so it's not worth it. It's not worth taking that risk for a benefit that is doubtful. So that is one. Two, you really need to ask, what exactly is this going to do and how does it do it? Because you may discover that what they're asking you to take it for actually is not necessary. Like the whiskey on the head thing. The whiskey does not reach the head, so well, well, there's no point. Uh, there are so many th things that they say that you really need to... Just ask a few questions. But I tell people that my general recommendation is not to say no. You can collect it and dispose of it accordingly. Because that whole friction that comes up, and I gave her this, and she won't take it, and blah, blah, blah. If it's an amulet, maybe you shouldn't enter your house. But if it is a drink or something, you can receive it. And when you reach home, you would deal with it accordingly. But it's, it's, it's sometimes not the wisest thing to tell them, I won't take it. I won't do this. I won't. It brings unnecessary strife. Mm. Let them be happy that they've thought of you. For a lot of them, they are speaking from a good place. This is what was used in their pregnancy that gave birth to them. This is what they have used for they themselves. So for some of them, it is because we've used this. We believe it made a difference in our life. We, be, we want to share that with you. And who knows? They may be right. The issue may be because it is not proven or tested. There are so many things that we would love. I'm sure there are solutions that we have in our herbal products. But bring it, test it, prove it, and then let, us, let it be distributed to the market knowing that, hey, it has a proven efficacy. They are trying to hide it from themselves and from their own children so that they die with it. And the result Special is Special recipe. Mm, 
It doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, KFC special recipe recipe is all over, it's all over the, the world. place now. We are all doing it. <laughs> Coca Cola special recipe is all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Atamensa's special recipe died with him. Well, it's 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 a, it's a really important subject that we have to touch on, um, especially on on uh, on the issue of traditional or herbal concoctions that a lot of women have to or are given to take during pregnancy. But um, finally, before we wrap up, Doc, there is the advancement of science, mm -hmm. there is technology um, that is available to women, um, even if the child, for example, if you detect an anomaly, and I know there are hospitals around the country now that provide anomaly scans, uh, which is not something you get everywhere, though. But what can be done? What are the medical interventions that we can give to baby in utero once we determine, we determine that baby is not well? Okay. So, yes, those interventions do exist. I'll give you one example. So I had a patient who had um, a blood incompatibility problem. That is, the, baby, the mother's blood group and the baby's blood group were not compatible. And as a result, of the baby became very jaundiced and the baby died. So the next time she got pregnant, I gave her certain warnings that the next time you get pregnant, we will um, check your blood. And if we think titers are rising, Knowing your husband's blood group already, we know that problem will occur. And at a certain point in time, we will need to change the baby's blood in your uterus. And now this is something that we couldn't do, but we found a hospital in the UK that could do it. So she went to the UK and with my long AC, telling them this was the problem, this is a test we did, and we strongly believe that this will happen in this pregnancy, and so we are suggesting that they do X, Y, Z. They read it and said it wasn't going to happen. Uh, a few weeks later, they tested her and realized it was happening. So they put, did an ultrasound, and under ultrasound guidance, put a needle through her tummy wall, through her uterine wall, through the sac, to the baby's umbilical artery, and changed the baby's blood. Wow. In utero. This was in the UK. And they did it for her. Babies survived. Um, interventions like that exist. Recently, uh, there's a gentleman, I think it's Nigerian actually, based in America, who did uh, in utero surgery. So cut the tummy, cut the uterus, butter the sac, baby, did the surgery on the baby for, I think it was a heart problem or a chest problem, and then put the baby back inside the uterus, and the mother continued to carry the pregnancy and delivered later on. These are high-technology things. The challenge has always been in our part of the world is we don't have the equipment to do some of these things. And the cost of the equipment and the cost of replacing the equipment, because unfortunately with our healthcare system and replacement, it's always a bit of a challenge, and pricing and replacement. But those interventions do exist, especially in advanced countries, mm. to do things for the baby in utero. But some of the things that, I mean, the, the nice thing about detecting some of these problems here is that you can see this child has this problem and then you can start talking with a doctor who can operate on that problem even before the baby is born. Okay. And we had one case like that where we detected a problem, the intestines were not connected to each other. Mm. And we detected it by ultrasound in, in utero. Discussed with a pediatric, pediatric surgeon that the baby has this problem, this is what needs done. And we agreed. 
the pediatric surgery said we can do the surgery for the baby on a Tuesday. We also we spoke to the radiologist who agreed to do the tests for the baby on a Tuesday morning. And then we delivered the baby Tuesday dawn. Took the baby's blood sample, sent straight to radiology. Radiology ran their tests, printed out their results, sent to pediatric surgery. The blood sample that we took at 5 a.m. got to pediatric surgery by the time the baby got to pediatric surgery. So the baby was there. Radiology results were there. Lab results were there straight to theater, same day. Mm. So those interventions are possible if you can plan those things ahead. And that comes by detecting those kinds of problems early, that this is the problem coming, let's plan for it. And it is possible to do that in this country. Well, I hope you've learned a lot today, uh, Dr. Paddy Ayete, helping us with all the information we need about in utero care, the very vital and important ones. And uh, before we go, here are tidbits for today. Prenatal care. Avoid self-medication. Avoid smoking and alcohol consumption. Avoid activities that cause stress. Ensure to be in a safe environment. Continuous intake of your prescribed medication. Having a healthy pregnancy is one of the best ways to promote having a healthy baby. That'll be it for today's edition of The Baby Doctor with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Let me say a very big thank you to Dr. Paddy Ayete of Elimas Health. You can find him uh, at Airport Residential Area, number 10A, Volta Street. Or you can just give him a call, and the number to call is 024-80-75568, And let me also say a very big thank you to Azel Vogue for my beautiful dress. You can find her on Instagram, Azel Vogue. And you can call the number on your screen, and she will give you beautiful designs for all occasions. Let me say thank you again to Think Media, where we are bringing you the show from. Think Media is the best creative agency here in Ghana. Anything creative, your shows, your recordings, just allow Think Media to do the thinking for you. Until we meet again next week, it's goodbye from me. Hopefully, when we are back next week, we will be delving into delivery. Now you have taken care of baby, it's time to deliver. What must you know? I'll be back to tell you all that. Until then, it's goodbye.
to football with GoTV. Nobody but GoTV gives you all games of La Liga and Syria. The Premier League and UEFA games that matter and the world's favorite cup competitions. Get GoTV Super for only 249 CDs to enjoy the football overload. GoTV. Love it. Welcome to Tema, the industrial gem of Ghana. Attention all dreamers, investors and home seekers. Mark your calendar for the next clinic of the Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair. Imagine waking up to stunning waterfront views, basking in the warmth of sun and embracing the comfort of a home perfectly tailored to your needs. Discover a range of housing options that cater to every budget and lifestyle. From sleek contemporary designs to elegant traditional architecture, the Ecoban Joy News Habitat Fair has it all. But wait, there's more. This fair isn't just about buying a home. It's also about enhancing the spaces we live in. Get financial solutions to acquire furniture for that beautiful home, electronic devices, and more. Our dedicated team of real estate experts and banking partners are here to guide you every step of the way, making your journey to home ownership smooth and stress-free. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to make your dreams come true. Join us at the Tema edition of the Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair, where possibilities are limitless. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair 2023 is powered by the Plant City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats and sponsored by... In partnership with National Theatre and Joy Affair, Roverband Productions presents Naked in Bed, an original Able White play. Your mother said you are calling off the wedding. Where? My dress is ready and I must wear it. Drinks have been bought and I must drink it. Big men are coming and I must grab one. Where? I caught him in bed with my friend Mercedes. Jesus! No! She said Mercedes, not Jesus. Venue National Theatre. Date September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 8th, 9th, and 10th. Time, one show on Fridays at 7 p.m., two shows on Saturdays at 4 p.m. and 8 p.m., three shows on Sundays at 1 p.m., 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Rates, 150 Ghana cities. For tickets, dial star 365, star 535 hash. WhatsApp, 050-554-6010. Or visit all usual outlets. Sponsors, GCB Bank, Gino Tomato Mix, Ebony Condoms, and M Notify. Roverman Production. Be the difference. Hi, now let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitat undisturbed by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown crane, mara, silky chicken, yalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took
take a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this price for adults? This price for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. From humble beginnings to the extraordinary. We've witnessed incredible bonds, the rise of legends in the most challenging of times, and the most unforgettable moments that kept us at the edge of our seats. Everything up till now was just the beginning. Legends go head to head as timelines have collapsed for the ultimate showdown. Welcome to Big Brother Niger All Stars. Starts 23rd July. Headline sponsor, Money Point. Hello there. To provide timely information and to explain educational reforms and to discuss school models and interventions, the Ministry of Education, in partnership with the Teacher Education Journal, presents to you the first ever education TV talk show, The Edu Talk Show. The Edu Talk Show keeps you informed and updated on trends in the world of education. The Ghanaian teacher is so versatile. Provide him the opportunity, train him, and that teacher will perform wonders. Where are the women? They are doing very well academically, but they're not in the sciences and all of that. So technology is missing a lot more women that they could have had. You need to tell the parents, at the moment, what you are getting is, is covering only an aspect of your child's education. And therefore, it's very difficult for you to make any decision with the limited information you have. We still have more to do mm. when it comes to safe school. Mm. So join us as we speak to our guests on reforms taking place in Ghana's education sector. My name is Blessed Soga and I am your host. So I came home earlier than I normally would that fateful Monday after work and to my surprise I saw my husband and my mother having sex in our living room. I had always suspected my wife. I felt she had something doing with my little brother. And I walked into a room one day, and there they were, making out. And this is my blood brother. My husband, who is a banker, will not have sex with me because I denied him my anus. Is he gay? I've been wondering. What is your story? What secret is eating you up? Why are you having continual sleepless nights? Do you need help? Share your story on our powerful new series where real people share their deepest secrets on Prime Morning beginning this September. Drop your stories on our WhatsApp number 055-157-5757. Remember, a problem shared is a problem half solved. And every problem has a solution.
Hello, it's a new edition of the 77%. We are at the home of Africa's youth. I'm Wendy Komora, and it's my absolute delight to be your host. Coming up on the show, in Johannesburg, young people are restoring the reputation of the Ponte Tower and will dive in together. In Nairobi, Edith Kimani asks the youth how they are coping with living costs running high. And speaking of running, we visit the home of champions, Eldoret. If you ever travel to Johannesburg, you will likely see this tall tower shaped like a toilet roll. That is the Ponte Tower. Ponte, Latin for bridge, was meant to symbolize the bridge between heaven and earth. Over the years, it has been anything but heaven or earth. The once majestic building has gone through many phases, including being hijacked by gangsters who made it their playground. But now, rehabilitation has restored some of its glory and Lalange is restoring its image and that of the neighborhood. Let's take a look. Have you ever heard of Africa's tallest residential building? This is the Ponte Tower situated in Johannesburg, South Africa. The infamous fixture which stands tall right next to Hillbro was once Africa's first vertical urban slum. The skyscraper has made several appearances in some Hollywood films such as Resident Evil and Chappie since its apocalyptic image attracts film directors. But did you know that this building comes from the apartheid era? The tower opened in 1975 as a focal point of opulence during the gold boom in South Africa. However, Ponte fell into the hands of drug dealers, gangsters, pimps and prostitutes. In one of the most inspiring regeneration projects on the continent, young Africans from inner city Johannesburg have transformed the infamous towers into a mecca for thousands of visitors from all over the world. 24-year-old Grand Mobo currently leads the project sharing the history of this towering skyscraper. There used to be about 8,000 people that lived here and they used to chuck all their rubbish into the middle of the building and there was 14 stories of rubbish that was piled up here in the middle. Um, and as you can see now, it doesn't look that way. The building has been cleaned up very nicely and we have an opportunity to actually bring people here on tours to see um, the beautiful inside of the Ponte Towers. Glalanje, which means just play in Isizulu, is more than just a tourism company. It also has a community center on the ground floor, which provides a safe space for children. They come here for free, um, and we find all of the activities that take place here via the tours that you guys come to. So we're able to provide kids with homework facilitation. We are able to have volunteers that come in every day to teach the kids a different skill. Born in the DRC, teenage guide Alvaro Shikapa grew up in Hillbro. Dlalanje provided him an opportunity to escape the rough city streets. Same facilities that these kids went through, that's the same thing also that I went through and now I'm able to do these tours and also give back to the community the same way we were given back when we were kids.
architect Rodney Kroskopf designed our market space with over 400 apartments boasting retail shopping on the ground level, something almost unheard of 50 years ago. His daughter still remembers the building when her father designed it. In fact, it was advertised as the kind of grooviest space to be in. All of the apartments were furnished and I mean I remember coming here as a child and seeing the carpet on the walls yes. going yes. up in the duplexes which I thought was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. The skyscraper is now inhabited by middle and working class people from all over Africa. Slowly the Ponte is shedding off its reputation of violence and gangsterism becoming a beacon of hope for many. Obo is adamant that Lalanje creates genuine opportunities for pan-African youths in the country with growing xenophobia and not just promoting poverty porn. I grew up here and all of our guys here at Lalanje also grew up in this neighborhood. So we don't look at this as tourism but then as us showing people our neighborhood and we are our goal is to build bridges and create an understanding on what Hillbro is and we consider that to be a direct opposite of what poverty point is. Dlalanje has welcomed over 25,000 visitors since 2012 and has high hopes for the future. And high hopes for the future is exactly what our next story shows. 10 years ago A thousand Kenya shillings, that's about $6, could easily get me a month's shopping. Now the same amount will barely get me enough shopping for two weeks. The cost of living has gone so high that young Nairobians have decided the city is no longer going to break their hearts. So they're moving away from the city and closer to the food source. Let's follow Edith Kimani and find out whether this plan worked. On a cold morning in the outskirts of Nairobi, laughter floods the apartment that friends Melody, Chelagat, and Murugi share. The three creative entrepreneurs take the time to catch up as they prepare breakfast. And of course, they record the experience for social media. Just over a year ago, the 20-something-year-olds chose to relocate outside the capital as a way to save money and escape the city's chaos. However, the country recently doubled the tax on fuel, increased health insurance, and introduced a housing levy. These changes have thrown the housemates' plans off course, and now they're making some tough decisions. When we get like a really good gig or we get really good income, we shop for many things in bulk. So that's a decision we had made in advance because we were like um things like oil we they'll be cheaper to just invest now buy in bulk and have it for months the cost of electricity is going up uh, maybe water will remain the same rent might go up are you having these discussions amongst yourselves as a family what are we going to do next um now we've come to a place where like okay it may be cheaper but it's also still quite far <laughs> and things are going higher so maybe it's just better we downsize and move back to Nairobi so that's been on the list that's something we're actually planning to do hopefully this month or next month The increased cost of living is also affecting their interactions with one another. Obviously, when people are living together as you are as a family and running a business as well, there can usually be some tension because of money. Has that happened to you guys? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But at the end of the day, we've learned how to communicate. I can't express how we have gotten at a better space at communicating whether we are fighting, whether it's at work, whether someone has done something wrong. we've gotten to a place where we can have a discussion about it and it won't 
it won't make one of us want to move out the next month. The financial pressure for young people in the country is being felt beyond this apartment. Latest government figures reveal that the highest number of those unemployed in Kenya are between 20 to 24 years old. For those with limited options, anti-government protests have become a critical way to get their voices heard. For TJ and Beliza, however, their response to the toughening economic times has been to get tougher. The couple, a photographer and makeup artist, are having to dig deeper to keep their business afloat. Beliza, I know that you're a makeup artist. Has that changed? Are you having to put in more capital just to keep the business running? Definitely, because um, there's some cheap makeup products, sure, like over-the-counter products that you'd get, but like, is it really worth how you want your makeup to look? So I'd rather go, like, just spend a lot of cash, extra cash, just to get, you know, products that are much more um, worthy of, like, just, I don't want to mess up people's faces. And do your clients understand you when you raise the cost of your service? Some of them do understand, but other people will question, you know, of course, like, can you just discount, you know? But yeah. no, like, I feel like I, they understand mm-hmm. regardless because everyone is, everybody has to raise their rates in this economy that we're yeah. living in. Coming back to the sort of domestic setup, when you guys moved out and moved in together, you obviously had some ideas of what you would be doing together, your time spent, uh, maybe going on holidays. Have some of those things had to adjust because of just how things are in the economy? Yes, a lot of those things have had mm. to adjust, honestly. You know, just thinking about how you have to save your money and move it around now, you really don't want to look at luxury things and say, oh, I'm going to go do this, and then come back home and worry about rent, worry about food, because honestly, the money is not enough to do both at times. And even when it comes down to things like equipment now, with all the heavy taxations and stuff that's been going, ar- going around in Kenya, it's making it so hard to bring gear inside, because you end up paying a crazy, crazy import fee. Mm-hmm. And on top of what you're paying for the gear itself, of which you, uh, most people know that photography and videography gear is extremely expensive. So it's been, it's been a struggle. The couple has now decided to go into retail, opening an online shop that sells jewelry as a way to supplement their income. For them, waiting for government or things to get easier is not an option. All right. All right. See you again. Bye bye. <laughs> So there we have it, the story of TJ and Beliza, who lucky enough have been able to retain their own home and live independently. Right now, though, I'm going to speak to a young person who tells me he also had to move cities as well as houses and move back to his mom's house because of how hard things had gotten economically for them. Let's go. We meet Mark Gitonga just as he arrives at his real estate office. This place is so dusty, honestly. Yeah, it's right by the road. Yeah, it's right by the road. So every truck, every car, every everything that passes by just carries all the dust into your space. You just kind of have to live with it. He's been working here for a few months since he moved back to Nairobi after his contract job in another city came to an end. As he shows us his new neighborhood, he tells me things have been really slow. This transition has been anything but smooth for the 27-year-old. Um, trying to establish myself again over here, I found that the rental space I used to have, the price was almost one and a half times higher. So I had to look for somewhere different, somewhere I could afford. So that's why I found this space here in Nolongo. Uh, now I'm trying to establish myself again in the, the, real, the real estate space and uh, hopefully make enough clients to, you know, 
keep my plans on track. Over and above uh, making considerations for your business, you also had to make some tough decisions regarding your housing. Uh, tell me about that. When you're living under your, your parents' roof, there's not, there's not much leeway to do what you want. So, you know, in terms of like uh, relationships and, you know, friendships and, and situations of the sort, you kind of have to, you know, create your own space and your own niche where you don't have to, you know, be locking heads with your parents. So, you know, you do your thing and then when it comes down to, they say, these are the rules of my house and this is how you abide by them, you kind of have to do that. Before we say goodbye to Mark, he takes us for a game of pool. Most of the people who come here are young and jobless. Their life is a struggle the whole day, at least so that they can get something to support their family with basic necessities like paying house rent. We wake up and come here, practice, play, until the day ends. If you play here, you are forced to leave the house, then you make friends. In fact, I met this guy here, so we stay connected. As we leave, it's apparent that despite the stories of hardship, the commitment from young people is to do one thing, survive. Thank you, Edith, and our lovely Nairobians for showing us how they are dealing with the rising cost of living. Now, from Kenya, we head over to Ghana, where we meet a young man who went from hawking watches on the streets to owning one of Ghana's watch brands. You can buy his watches for up to 1,000 US dollars. A true story of humble beginnings. So how did Anthony Zamefe make it? Here's his story. It's said that time waits for no one. But keeping time can also be an art form, especially if you're wearing a bespoke caveman watch made in Ghana. But first, we need to turn the clock back to the beginning at Kantamanto Market in Accra. It's the largest second-hand clothing and footwear bazaar in Ghana. This is the Kantamanto Market. And we're with watch designer Anthony Zamefe in search of the perfect timekeeper. Oh, this is Opa, one of the best watch repairers in Ghana. He also taught me a lot of things in watch repairs. I used to bring watches here, sit down and watch what he's doing and he'll teach me one or two. Opa, I'll be... <laughs> And here, this is the time, the time center. Uh, one of the where we get our watches on wholesale. This is where I used to get my watches. 33-year-old Anthony is passionate about watches, like seriously. After initially just selling the timepieces, Anthony decided to learn the craft of watchmaking. Set the clock to 2018 and Caveman Watches is born, the first watch brand made in Ghana. But it wasn't all just good times. There was a lot of ridicule uh, from friends um, because I was selling watches in traffic and car parks. Now, 25 employees work at Caveman Watches. Each learned their trade from Anthony. On his watch, there is great emphasis on precise work and quality control, and most parts are locally made. Initially, I sourced most from uh, Japan, initially, but now we've moved to about 80% locally, and just uh, importing about 20% of them. On average, 30 to 40 watches are sold daily. Well over half are ordered online. So welcome to the cave.
okay, this is the long haul. Chief one, chief one, chief one. So you you stand here? Yes, normally you stand here. The DJ somewhere here. Okay. The speakers here, and they'll be playing it loud. That's, that's all. I haven't used. Are you? How 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 was? Let me let me see. You wanna sit down? Yeah, we we have to we have to sit down. Okay. How was? How was? Uh, can I sit here? Okay. Chief can sit here. Okay. Chief yeah. can sit here. Right. Okay. Oh well. I miss this. <laughs> yeah, we're back. How many yeah. years now? Yeah, it's it's been long. How many <laughs> years now? Oh, just I think six years. Six years. Yeah. You know the um, the bit about education. You know, uh, back in the days, usually um, when we when we set off to 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 become whoever we want to become, yeah. usually music or entertainment is not really part of yes, the you know plans. The, uh, the, the plans mm. but uh, for some reason you have uh, worked your way out of that you haven't ha I, I know that I've asked you this question whether um, music has always been 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 it the goal but when you were growing up you didn't think that um, you wanted to do something else apart from uh, this entertainment business that you're in no yes no. Normally we do hustle, mm. gather money, and record. When you say hustle, hustle. You tell know, me about... Here in Ijopi, the only hustle is tomatoes. Right. You know, from, but we offload right. tomatoes. You know, people do come from way far and they load tomatoes and you afford it or you load it. Right. You understand? So that's when you go one, two, three, you have some little coins and you gather you go and, and you record. record. Way back, you know, my people, they love me. Even my, my teachers, sometimes they do give me money to go and record. Wow. Yes. So I you have some teachers here. Any name? That, any name that comes, oh, to, comes this to name, I'm time. forgetting it. I'm forgetting the name. I'm sure they will appreciate yes, you. Yes, yes. Uh, Madame Gifty. Okay. Madame Gifty, yes. And one teacher here, like, it's a nickname, Madafaka. Okay. That's the name of the fucker, yeah. You do give me money, oh, go and run your things. Why do you think so? Because they love me. You know, anytime entertainment, not just here, way back my primary school, school. to JHS, I attended this thing to the Covenant Preparatory School too, way back to I was the entertainment Perfect. prefect. So anytime I'm going on stage, it's a different vibe. They mm -hmm. love me. The vibe is different. They love to see me more. They know I'm doing something different. Mm. You understand? So they, they got that dream clear way back. Way Not back. today, yeah. Mm. They got it clear, yeah. As an entertainment so. prefect here as your P senior high school, mm. what was your role, your main major role, apart from you performing and, and leading, you know, the whole activity? Way back, my aim was to let people hear of my school way back. Mm. You understand? So even, uh, inter, you know, inter-schools, I do represent my school for rap battles and okay. all those stuff. I have a couple of friends. We go and meet other schools. This school, this school was very young. At that time? Yes, at that time. So I do, I project my school with the badge, everything, go around, perform, mm. you know, pull crowd and all those stuff. That was it. And the, 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 the dream was to see people from this school mm. making it 
uh, in the creative world, yeah, like musician or mm. some something like that. Uh, actors, movie actors, who come yeah. from this side, you understand? So that that was all. It, it's been seven years since you you left school. Have yeah. you seen you know any of the dreams that you mentioned come come through apart from um, you, you, yourself? I, yes, I think Gati promised now is a media person yes. working uh, at. Uh, V1 TV and other wow. distance. So I think that's that's the only one I can remember. Because yeah. a lot of people they are doing great. Just yeah. like I can't check on most of them I even forget Forgo them. Yeah, yeah. It's, them. It, it's been years. And do you, do you by any chance have like a favorite subject back here in school? Favorite subject, mm -hmm. I think English. Okay. Yes. English English should be English a and, and 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 any challenges from from here as as a student as the very first student who has been registered new school yes a lot but i <laughs> my life i don't see it as challenge it's okay. just a process i'm, I'm passing through well, if you if you share the challenges, no. you can share an answer you know one to memory? the challenge. You, way back, you were like, ah, can I share memory with mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. You know, I was currently with one of the teachers way back. But entertainment nights, as I climb stage, this teacher spread me a lot of money. Mm. We were not okay before the that night. Right. Yes. Right. Said Dali. Said Dali. Yeah. But you spread me money and everybody was happy. I was happy as well. So, so, so uh, from what you're saying or from the conversation so far, yeah. I deduced that you you've had a lot of support. Yes, that's for a, this uh, music business that you want yes, to or, or you're embarking on or yes, you're still on. Yes, you have a lot a lot of support and yeah. you have the passion. Yes, for well, it. Yes. Let's talk about your songs. Um, uh, what was your first song? I can't remember. Mm, but how because many songs? Because way back, even uh, uh, primary, you know, my, my grandmom was a teacher. Mm. She's no more, do rest, rest in peace. Yeah. Anytime she bought a, a tape and that cassette, the one the that, time. you know, you can press record. Yeah. I'll gather my friend, they'll be doing like this, and I'll be singing, I'll be recording down, and we'll be playing over, 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 and over way back then. Mm. So I have a couple of songs way, way, way back. I can't even remember. What genre of music do you do? I'm a versatile artist. Right. I know, you know, I believe music is a business. Mm. And you have to know how to switch, entertain your people, your fans. You don't have to leave your fans boring, you understand? So I'm a versatile. I can do anything. Mm. I do anything. I sing, I rap. I'm a hardcore rapper. I sing. I can sing and it will touch your heart. You understand? So it's a business. And and your songs, what 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 inspires your song? For instance, uh, the Toyota that well, is Norm making normally, waves normally, now. Normally, I'm I'm for the streets. You understand? Okay. I do talk for the streets more. But Toyota is just a vibe. Okay. The vibe that came was in the studio, and the vibe came. You understand? So I was just appreciating. Beautiful ladies in Africa, not only in Africa, worldwide, God's creation. So that's all. Ebe me me togo jeans. Yeah, I'm concerned. That's my camo. Yeah, you know. Yes, that's that society. 
that particular society, song. Society. What anything it, yeah. you do, they they'll talk, talk about it. Anything you do, they'll talk. So you just have to be you, do you. You can't be like anybody. You are you. No matter what, you just have to keep learning, working on your own self. That's all. You can't be like another person. So, you know, even if you buy these jeans right now, mm. the moment that, that friend don't like you, she or he or she will be like, oh, this one is fake. fake. So, but if in case you're a woman be that, those things get into your head, you you not last long on earth, you understand? You think, that means you think about people, what people say. So you don't have to live for anybody. You are you. Mm. Last, last, you go solo. No matter what, anything you are doing now, last, last, you are going solo. Right. So you don't have to think about those things. That, that's me. Mm. At what point in your life uh, did you realize that you've made it or I'm out? Because you had, uh, you, you said a lot about, soon. I started, you know, very young and yeah. you started right here yeah, yeah. in you school. Know, At you, what point did you yeah. think that the world is now listening to I, you? I don't think I made it yet. Okay. I have a big name, both Ghana, Togo. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.